I do have to give this disclaimer. Um, this is not going to be your average, ordinary Christmas sermon. As I was petitioning and praying to God, like, what is it that you want me to say? Because I always want to be a man that seeks the Lord and parrots what God puts in my heart. I said, if this is the time of year where we set apart and consecrate it for celebrating the coming of the Messiah, in other words, if this is what we celebrate as your birthday, it's not your birthday, but we turning up for Jesus' birthday. Even when you were born, the Messiah was born, wise men came and they brought you gifts and they brought you gold and they brought you frankincense. And I said, okay, if it were possible for us to bring you a gift, I know you want our repentance. I know you want our surrender. But what would be the gift that you would desire for us to give, not just on today, but every day of our lives? And what I felt God told me to tell us is I want them to bring me the gift of gratitude. That's what I want. Not about what you want, but I, I would like the gift of gratitude. Can I get somebody to say gratitude? I, I, I must give this disclaimer, um, especially to all of my CME attendees. <laughs> Christmas, Mother's Day. And Easter. We're not going to see you again to April. I don't care if it convicts you. I got one shot. <laughs> All of my CME attendees, if you came thinking that this was going to be a have yourself a merry little Christmas type of sermonette, this sermon is going to disappoint you on this beautiful Sunday morning. If you came thinking that this was going to be a cute, sugar-coated, average, non-challenging, non-convicting, inspirational, motivational speech that will cause for you to just check off your religious duty for the day, but go right back to the comfort and content lifestyle that you've been living in that's beneath the standard that God called you to, and then you have the audacity to give yourself some self-proclaimed prophecy by saying 2023 is going to be the year I do this. And 2023 is going to be the year that God does this. And 2023 is going to be the year that I'm like, okay, all of this prophet line that's about to happen on Friday and Saturday, why does every prophetic word we give, why does it have to be more about external upgrades than internal development? How about prophesy 2023 will be the year you stop lying. Prophesy that. 2023 will be the years you keep your legs closed. Let's prophesy that. 2023 will be the year you get some character. Let's talk about that. 2023, God's gonna, God's like, I've been ready in 2016. I've been ready to blow your mind in 2017. I was ready to blow your mind in 2018. Just because the number on the calendar changes doesn't mean we will change without repentance, without worship, without evaluating what patterns in our life are keeping us toxic. If you came thinking that you're going to get a sugar-coated message, you're going to be dis disappointed on today. If you came here thinking that you're going to get a heard-before, repetitive, Mary-had-a-little-lamb type of sermon that does not activate the reservoir of your soul, 
that causes a tire screeching U-turn towards Jesus and repentance. This is not the sermon that you expected on this beautiful last Sunday of the 2022 calendar year. The divine weight that I feel has been placed on me. I want my people to bring me, not just on today, but for the rest of their lives, bring me the gift of gratitude. You didn't get the gift? How about you got the gift of salvation? I want you to have the gift of gratitude. So there are three foundational texts that I want to show you. I'm not going to be long. Psalms chapter 7, verse 1. The psalmist says, I will give thanks to the Lord. Somebody say gratitude. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord most high. Psalms 9 verse 1. It says, I will give thanks. Somebody say gratitude. I will give thanks to my job. Is that what your Bible says? I will give thanks to my neighbor. Is that what your Bible says? I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. And I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Psalms 95 verse 1, it says, come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of ages. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music. The word extol means to praise enthusiastically. Praise him enthusiastically with music and song. Why are we doing this? Because of Santa? No. Why are we doing this? Because of Frosty? No. Why are we doing this? Because of Rudolph? No. We're doing this because the scripture tells us the Lord is the great God. The reason we're doing this is because he's the great king above all gods. He is the lily of the valley. He is the lion out of the tribe of Judah. He is the rose of Sharon. I think we need to pause real quick. Pull over, park, put a quarter in the meter on your credit card with your pen, and let's give God, how about let's obey the scriptures. It says let's exalt him, extol him, meaning praise him enthusiastically because he's a saving God. He's a miraculous God. I'm going to keep going. He's a redeeming God. He's a forgiving God. He's a mighty God. He's a resurrecting God. If you came here on this Christmas day and you leave here heavy, it's because you came to spectate but not participate. The psalmist says, I will give you thanks with all my heart. If I don't get anything else, but if I got you, that is enough. I want to speak from this thought from this subject for just a few moments, the gift that changes everything. The gift that changes everything. What is that gift? It's the gift first of salvation. That gift, see, we're celebrating the coming of the Messiah. Jesus coming into the earth to atone us from our sins, be crucified, buried, and resurrect from the grave with all power in his hand. That's the gospel. 
We're not just celebrating because of December 25th. We're thankful that we were worth dying for. And surely, if we were worth dying for, he's worth living for. First gift is the gift of salvation. The second gift is our response to it. Don't just hear the gospel, but respond to it. And the way you can respond is responding with the heart of gratitude. You could have stayed on your throne, but you saw me worth dying for. I got gratitude. You could have just left us in a sin-stricken world, but you did not want us to have a creator-to-created relationship. You wanted to call us son so that we could call you Abba. This is the gift that we are celebrating on today. The gift of salvation first, and the second gift is your response to it. Can I get us to say this confession? Really quickly, can I get us to say this as loud as you can? And everybody watching online, could you put this in the room? Father, increase my gratitude so that in all things I'll find the good. One more time. Father, increase my gratitude so that in all things I'll find the good. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this day. We don't need December the 25th for us to just give you some form of an honorable mention. God, each and every day of our life, when the sun rises and when the moon comes up, we just say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to remain in the land of the living. And God, right now we ask for forgiveness for any attitude, any heart posture, any petty, any entitlement spirit that we woke up with this morning thinking we deserve this. Help us to remember the only thing we deserve is hell and death. So anything we received outside of hell and death is a blessing. Increase our gratitude, not just on today but every day of our lives. And everybody who agrees with that prayer would just shout in the room, amen. amen. Now find two people around you and tell them Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. See if they got a gratitude face. <laughs> or them scriptures took too long with them children face. <laughs> Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout to the rock of ages. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. Gratitude. 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 I know you may want more of a thing, but what God is trying to get you to hear this morning is I want more gratitude. 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 What if I told you that our definition of more and God's definition of more are not the same? Like, like we want more influence. Oh, but God wants more intimacy. We want more influence, but oh, God wants more intercession. Our definition of more and God's definition of more are not the same. Like we want more opportunities. God's like, I want more devotion. We want more income. God's like, I want you to work your gift. We want more exposure. God's like, I just want you to obey. Our definition of more, whew, I told you, our definition of more and God's definition of more are not the same. What is the gift 
that changes everything. The gift of salvation. And secondly, our response to it. The reason I feel so passionate about this is because if we do not talk about our joylessness, temptation will. Did y'all hear me? If we don't address, see on today, for many people, this is the most depressing day of the year. This is the most depressing time of the year. You know why? Because the closer we get to a new year, it reminds you that you wasted one. <laughs> so the reason I want to deal with our joylessness is because temptation will. I want to deal with our joylessness because addiction will. I want to deal with our joylessness because suicidal thoughts will. Joy and gratitude are siblings. Did y'all hear what I just said? Joy and gratitude, they're siblings. Joy doesn't make you have gratitude, but it's gratitude that makes your heart filled with joy. This is why it's called joyful. One person caught it. One more time. Shake off the Christmas tiredness. Joy does not make you have gratitude. But, but, but the byproduct of having gratitude is you will experience joy and your heart will be full with it. This is why we call it joyful. Gratitude. 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 I want them to be made alive in me. If they don't heal, so you got to understand, if you don't heal on the inside, you could have died at 21, but you won't get buried to 78. Because something in you died on the inside. I want to make you alive and alive in me. And it starts with the gift of salvation and your response to it. Give you six points and I'm done. Six points. I can't take my time, bro. <laughs> six points. If you're like, okay, I hear all that. That's nice. But how do I get gratitude? I want to help you. Okay, first point. Gratitude helps you see what there is over what there isn't. Because gratitude magnifies the have. One more time. Gratitude helps you see what there is. Over what there isn't. Because gratitude magnifies the half. We could go home. <laughs> I just gave you the spiritual GPS on how you can shift your posture from being on one to having a heart posture of gratitude. It magnifies the half. The half. I have my health. I have soundness of mind. I have the use of my limbs. I have oxygen in my lungs. I have warm blood flowing through my veins. It magnifies the half. If you leave here heavy on this afternoon, it's because you are spectating and not participating. Gratitude. What's the gift? That I want my people to bring to me. Bring to me the gift of gratitude. Not just on today. But every day of our life. Gratitude. 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 The second point. Point number two. Gratitude removes the belief of not enough. And gives you a different perspective. Gratitude removes the belief of not enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not anointed enough. It removes 
the not enough and gives you a different perspective. So it's not glass half full, glass half empty. Gratitude says you got something to drink, drink it. <laughs> that makes sense? Whatever it is, water, you got some. Whatever it is, juice, you got some. Whatever it is, Kool-Aid, you got some. How about let's decree this. 2023 will be the year I walk in gratitude. What's the gift that I want my children to bring me? Bring the gift of gratitude. It changes your perspective. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've I just been going through trials, and, and I've just been going through storms. Okay, gratitude will say, that's not a storm, that's watering. Yeah, but I'm trying to do this, and people keep talking about me and throwing dirt on my name. Okay, gratitude says, don't you understand that water and dirt are what needed for you to grow? This is so good, y'all. You are the seed of the righteous. So I need water and I need your dirt. I need your hate. I need your petty. I need your comments because those are the necessary ingredients for me to grow. I grow from stuff like this. If your life is filled with sunshine, you'll be a desert. <laughs> I grow from stuff like this. What's the gift that I want my children to bring? It is the gift of gratitude. Yeah, but pastor, I always feel last. I always feel like I'm on the back burner. Okay, gratitude says at least you're on fire. <laughs> at least you're hot. Gratitude. Let us have 2023 be the year we walk in gratitude. But nothing's working. I didn't get the promotion. I didn't reach my goals. I, I, I didn't get to where I wanted to be. I didn't get engaged. I, nothing seems to work for me. Nothing even matched. Pastor, my socks don't even match. I'm like, uh... You have mismatched socks, but you got warm feet, so <laughs> I'm trying to get us to see in all things, give thanks. What's the gift that I want you to bring? It's the gift of gratitude. Number three, gratitude removes the debris of disappointment, which clears the runway for discernment. This is so good, y'all. Y'all didn't expect a word on Christmas, I know. Gratitude removes the debris of disappointment, which clears the runway for discernment. How in the world does gratitude help my discernment? I'm glad you asked. It's going to be hard for you to see that God has better when you're constantly staring over the rubble of what was. Hmm. I can't see that God has better because I'm staring at the rubble of what was. Can I go a little deeper? Gratitude is for those who are spiritually mature. See, we possibly saw it last night or today for children. If they didn't like the gift, even though it cost you money, it revealed their immaturity. Right? But gratitude is for those of us who are grown folk. It's for those of us who aren't captivated with eye candy, we want soul food. <laughs> it's for those of us who want maturity. I want to give you Bible. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. Look at this. It says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature 
who by constant use have trained themselves, look at this church, to distinguish good from evil. Spiritual maturity enhances discernment where I could distinguish traps from open doors. Okay? When I do not have gratitude, what if I told you the reason your discernment is so off is because your gratitude is so low? Your gratitude is so low. It's harder to spot a trap when you just want to get out. Whatever season that God has you in, the season of separation, the season of detox, the season of you stop cursing people out, the season of him purging out of you Egypt, when you hate the season and want to get out of it, every open door looks like God. But when you learn that godliness with contentment is great gain, I can't be tempted over open doors that are really spiritual ambushes playing dress up because I'm grateful over the have. <laughs> Gratitude enhances your discernment. Many times we're falling trapped to counterfeits because we're not grateful of where we are. Number four, gratitude is the uniform of humility. It's what you wear when you understand you've been blood purchased. Gratitude. It is the uniform of humility. Show me a cocky person. I will show you a person that does not have gratitude. I'll give ahead of myself. Number five is gratitude is an entitlement repellent. See how quiet it got? Gratitude is an entitlement repellent. Who under the sound of my voice and watching online feels as though they de deserve something because of what you've done? I've been serving all year. Where he at? <laughs> Working on this job. Where's my raise? Gratitude. The entitlement. I deserve more followers. I deserve more views. I deserve an opportunity. I deserve this. It is when we forget everything you deserve is hell and death. Preachers don't want to preach this because it doesn't get people to clap. But when you have that perspective, you count your blessings with ease. Gratitude is an entitlement repellent. You'll never feel like you deserve a thing. But rather, you view grace in itself as the miraculous thing. Last point, point number six. Gratitude is patience workout plan. You want your patience to get buff? Have some gratitude. You want your patience to get swole? Have some gratitude. Because gratitude is patience workout plan. And I told us this beginning of the year. What is patience? Two definitions. It's the ability to survive the season of not yet. And second definition is the acceptance that things go in a different way than what I had in mind. That's patience. God, give me patience. Then give me some gratitude. The reason I wanted to do this on today is because over the past two weeks, the most constant emails, letters to the church, DMs, and comments I've been getting Go like, I didn't reach my goals, Pastor. I feel like a failure. I wasted another year of my life, Pastor, and I constantly feel 
like I'm under attack. Can you please pray for me? And there's something I learned, and it hit me in 2018. I learned this through experience. I've learned and discovered that attacks and adversity are the catalyst for destiny. Like, I really learned Bible all day. Without Judas, Jesus couldn't get to the cross, which means we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't have salvation. We wouldn't have redemption. That betrayal was the catalyst to get all of us to be benefactors of his death, burial, and resurrection. What if I told you that adversity and attacks are a catalyst to your destiny? He broke my heart. Oh, but you in church on the day. <laughs> you weren't in church in 2021? Yeah, but they hurt my feelings. Oh, but you praying now. You seeking my face. I guarantee you now you're going to seek God's selection. God's direction before your selection. Look at you reading your Bible. Look at you opening up the Word of God. You binging sermons. You wouldn't have if you didn't experience that adversity. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that God has to use pain to teach us, but I am suggesting for many of us, that's the only way we learn. <laughs> There's this image that I showed in May of this year. It comes from an article I read called, Is There a Catfish in Your Life? The number one fish in America is salmon. It used to be cod. So from 1990 to 2000, it was like cod was the number one fish. And so restaurants in California wanted to serve people there cod, but every time they got the cod from Florida, it would always be mushy, it wasn't fresh. They shipped it on ice, but it wasn't fresh. And so the chef said, we can't serve people this. And so then they put the cod in these tanks and shipped them from Florida to the West Coast. The chefs would cook them and eat the cod. And they said, these, these are still mushy. Y'all ever had mushy fish? Yes, yeah, not, not the best. These, these still are kind of mushy. And so the people said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put catfish in each tank with the cod. Now, catfish love cod. The predators for cod are catfish. So they put the cod in these fish tanks in the train all the way to California. True story. Research it. It's called, Is There a Catfish in Your Life? And so as they got the cod, the chef's like, oh, he's fresh. <laughs> what, 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 did, what did you do to keep these cod so fresh? The whole time. From Florida to California, those cod were running. <laughs> it's something about adversity that keeps you fresh. <laughs> God knows if you didn't have a catfish, you wouldn't seek me. If you didn't have a catfish, you wouldn't cry out to me. You would think it's your grind. You would think it's your hustle. You would think it's your efforts. But I know how to allow the certain amount of adversity. It's not going to catch you, but it's going to keep you fresh. Ever seen a stale Christian? A mushy Christian? They're the ones that run from adversity, run from accountability, run from correction. They don't recognize it's the catfish <laughs> that keeps you fresh. So as we get ready to leave, go home to your families or by yourself, to your dog, or whatever it may be. I really want this to not be a flash fire word. 
do I have a heart of gratitude? So I believe if it were possible, outside of repentance, worship, surrender, one of the things that God desires for us to have, come bring me some gratitude. Give me gratitude and watch me blow your mind. But you're not giving me gratitude for me to blow your mind. It's just that I'm such a good father that when you remind me of how good I am, I want to keep showing you how good I am. So, Father, would you remind us on this Christmas day, last Sunday of 2022, whatever it is that we feel disappointed about, help us to remember disappointment is for direction, not devastation. It's to guide us to another door, another place, another perspective. Forgive us for being so entitled-minded. We don't know if it was December 25th or March 12th. All we do know is you came. And we're thankful that you came into the world to die for us. And not just die, but to show us kingdom living. Which is why one of your favorite statements was if the kingdom of heaven is like. Help us to live kingdom. And one quality of the kingdom citizen is to constantly have a heart of gratitude. We're asking that you do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.